Dear faithful of the Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend, in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, I want to encourage you in the words of our Holy Father, Pope Francis, to live this difficult moment with the strength of the faith, the certainty of hope, and the ardor of charity. Like many other dioceses throughout our country and world, I have made the difficult decision, along with the other bishops of Indiana, to suspend the celebration of public masses in our diocese due to the escalation of the virus and to help prevent its spread. This suspension begins on Wednesday, March 18th, and will remain in effect until further notice. Not being able to attend Mass is very difficult spiritually, since the Holy Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. As Catholics, we must do our part to help protect those who could be infected by the virus at public gatherings. Please know that I and our priests will be praying fervently for you at our daily private celebrations of Mass. I encourage you to make an act of spiritual communion, especially on Sundays. St. Thomas Aquinas defines spiritual communion as an ardent desire to receive Jesus in the Holy Sacrament and a loving embrace as though we had already received him. You can use the following prayer from St. Alphonsus Liguori to make a spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. St. Teresa of Avila wrote, When you cannot receive communion and cannot attend Mass, you can make a spiritual communion, which is a most beneficial practice. By it, the love of God will be greatly impressed on you. I encourage you, during this time, to watch Holy Mass on television or the online Masses being live-streamed from many of our parishes, including a live-streamed Mass that I will be celebrating every Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. I also encourage you to reflect on the Sunday readings and to take time for personal and family prayer by reciting together the Holy Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, or the Stations of the Cross. As members of the Body of Christ, let us be united in our prayers for one another, and especially for those here or abroad who are suffering from illness or have died from the virus infection. Let us also remember in our prayers the valiant doctors, nurses, and other health care workers and home caregivers who are working hard to bring healing to the sick, as well as our priests and pastoral workers who are providing sacramental and pastoral care to the sick and dying. In this time of social isolation, let us not be isolated in our hearts from those who need our love, care, and compassion. I am very edified by so many of our faithful who are bringing food to the elderly and staying in contact with those who may feel lonely, anxious, or depressed during this time. 
Thank you to all who are doing corporal and spiritual works of mercy in this Lenten season and offering assistance to those in need during this pandemic. Jesus invites us, his disciples, to follow him by taking up the cross. Not being able to attend Mass is a heavy cross, but one that we can carry with the help of the Lord. We are united in spirit with our brothers and sisters throughout the world who are also unable to attend Mass because of the pandemic, and also with those who regularly cannot go to Mass because of sickness, persecution, or a shortage of priests. I hope and pray that this experience will deepen everyone's desire to receive our Lord in the Eucharist, the great gift that we can too often take for granted. Finally, let us implore our Blessed Mother as the patroness of our diocese under the title of the Immaculate Conception, as well as St. Matthew, our secondary patron, to intercede for us during this trial. Let us remember that Jesus is always with us and nothing can separate us from his love. Let us live in his love and spread his love in our community. May God bless you. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. On this episode, Bishop continues his response to the coronavirus pandemic, including more on the suspension of masses and how we can best adapt through our prayers and actions. If you have a question for Bishop to answer on a future show, you can submit it at RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our bishop, and you just heard a statement that Bishop read that was a press release that came out yesterday and talks about the coronavirus and some of the, the changes that are happening in the diocese, well, in really in the world, but uh, especially in Indiana specifically. But before we get into that discussion, I thought maybe we should begin in prayer. Yes, thanks, Kyle. And the letter, I want, really wanted to write that letter to the people of our diocese since we have had to suspend all public masses, not just in our diocese and state of Indiana, but dioceses throughout our nation and many dioceses in the world. It's kind of a situation that is is so unusual and and very painful really difficult for people so i'm i'm grateful that you broadcast the letter on redeemer radio and in the letter i talk about the importance of prayer during this time and and i saw a beautiful prayer for protection in time of pandemic that was adapted from a prayer of pope francis and it comes from the knights of columbus and I, it really is a beautiful prayer so i invite our people to enter with their hearts and minds as I say this prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Mary, you always brighten our path as a sign of salvation and of hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the cross took part in Jesus' pain while remaining steadfast in faith. O loving Mother, you know what we need, and we are confident you will provide for us as at Cana in Galilee. Intercede for us with your Son, Jesus, the Divine Physician, 
for those who have fallen ill, for those who are vulnerable, and for those who have died. Intercede also for those charged with protecting the health and safety of others, and for those who are tending to the sick and seeking a cure. Help us, O Mother of Divine Love, to conform to the will of the Father, and to do as we are told by Jesus, who took upon himself our sufferings and carried our sorrows, so as to lead us through the cross to the glory of the resurrection. Amen. Under thy protection we seek refuge, O Holy Mother of God. In our needs despise not our petitions, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for that prayer, Bishop. And I know there's a lot of concern, and maybe people are starting to turn to a very negative place with the illnesses, the virus, the the threats, but also the economy and workplaces. And just thought maybe we could dedicate this whole episode to to talking about the church's role and what is happening in the church and what people can expect. I know there's lots of questions about sacraments and you know baptisms and what do we do. And so maybe we can respond to some of those questions, but any initial thoughts or, or maybe a little history of what has been going on in the diocese and, and what you've been yeah. kind of going through, trying to figure out what's best for your flock here? Well, you know, the situation with the coronavirus has been, you know, developments day by day. Mm -hmm. So we've had to stay on top of this. Certainly here in the diocese, we've been consulting all the healthcare experts, the not only the local, but also the Indiana State Department of Health and the Centers for Disease Control, also things that come out from the government. So as things develop, we have to stay on top of things. And, you know, I, I was hoping we'd never have to come to the point where we would have to suspend the celebration of public masses, but we've we've gotten to that point, as you mm -hmm. know, that as of today. So in my uh, announcement and letter to the people, I, I talk about during this time to be making a spiritual communion. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that later. But really the motivation is we have to do our part to help protect those who could be infected by the virus at public gatherings or those who attend public gatherings and contract it can also be carriers to others. So we have to be concerned about the common good, the public good, and make this sacrifice. You know, it's a really difficult thing. But I do see it as an opportunity to really live our faith. I mean, that's what's most important, and especially through love. I mean, that's what gets to the very heart of the meaning of the Eucharist to begin with. It's, mm -hmm. it's Christ's love for us poured forth at, as he died for us on the cross. We remain in communion with Jesus, even though we can't receive Holy Communion at mm -hmm. this time. We are in communion. It's That's what happens when we were baptized. And the Holy Eucharist strengthens and deepens our communion with the Lord and with one another. So we continue to live in his love and we're called to spread his love, especially at this time when people are hurting. I think of those who are sick or those who are 
lonely or anxious or depressed because of this. You know, I think of people living alone. I think of the elderly. And this is the time for us to reach out even more with Christ's love. I said in my letter that I know a lot of people who are doing that by bringing food, for example, to those who, who really shouldn't leave their homes. And I think that's a work of mercy, a corporal work of mercy. And there are spiritual works of mercy as well. So I really think, you know, especially during the Lenten season, that's what we're called to do, but at all times to show our care and compassion for those who are in need. So I think we should take this opportunity as a spiritual opportunity to live our faith more fervently by our kindness and by reaching out to those who are hurting. I think especially of the sacrifices being made by our doctors and nurses and healthcare workers, caregivers, they're, they're working really hard. And what all this is we're trying to avert, really terrible situation like happened not just in China, but in Italy and right. in other parts of Europe. We obviously don't want that to happen here. That's why we need to limit. The government has asked us to limit the public gatherings and or not have public gatherings or have only small gatherings. And and of course we still need to be nourished in our spiritual life. Right. You know, we can read the word of God. We should read the scriptures. You know, the daily readings or the, or the Sunday readings, pray the rosary, pray the Stations of the Cross, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. We have such a treasury of, of Catholic prayers and devotions. I also want to mention one other thing, the television masses and, and I'll be and the live stream masses from our parishes and that I will be doing on Sundays at 10 o'clock so people can watch mass on, on TV or watch it online. Mm-hmm. But then to enter into this spiritual communion, it's a very beautiful thing. And I, I quote a few of the saints in my letter, presenting ourselves to the Lord, asking him to unite us with himself. We can't receive Jesus sacramentally, but we ask the Lord to come into our hearts and to embrace us with his love. St. Thomas Aquinas, as I said in the letter, defines spiritual communion as an ardent desire to receive Jesus in the Holy Sacrament. It's very unusual for us not to have the opportunity or for our people not to have the opportunity to attend Mass or receive the Eucharist In a sense, we can be in solidarity at this time with so many uh, millions of Catholics around the world who don't have access to the Eucharist because of persecution or because of a shortage of priests. Mm -hmm. I think of Catholics in places like Syria or in some parts of China and also the Amazon and, you know, in a sense... We've had this luxury, and I think sometimes we've taken it for granted, but it's good to have that strong desire and deep desire to receive our Lord in the Eucharist, but when it's not possible, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, kind of overall, I don't know if you want to talk about some of the specifics or some of the questions maybe that have been coming to you at Redeemer Radio. Well, yeah, and I think I've seen several people concerned with this, thinking that it's a spiritual battle, which there may be a a component to it. Uh, It seems to me to be a a scientific one that there's this virus that is out there and we're trying to combat it. But we have become accustomed, especially in the United States and in Indiana, we have so many parishes that we have access to Catholic churches, the Catholic mass, and we can receive communion daily usually, and at least weekly. And I think we've so much enforced 
the whether people realize this or not or have appreciated it, the importance of going to Mass every Sunday and to, to keep holy the Sabbath, to, to meet that obligation and other holy days of obligation, and that whether you're traveling or if you've got work or uh, sports or whatever, that you prioritize making Mass part of your Sunday or Saturday evening vigil responsibility. And as a result of this, whatever it's not available, we think that, oh no, right. I, I'm going to be like taking some rungs down on my, my Catholic ladder because I'm not going to mass on Sunday. Can you talk a little bit about the, maybe reassure those yeah, that are, yeah. are fearful about their holiness during this yeah. time? Yeah, this is a call to greater holiness. And we shouldn't erroneously think that God only gives us his grace through the sacraments. I mean, the, the sacraments are wonderful means by which we receive the Lord's grace. But our Lord's grace can come to us through prayer. There is sacramental grace, but God's grace is it comes to us in all the different ways when we meditate on the Word of God, when we offer praise and thanks to God, when we pray the the holy rosary we can receive god's grace mm-hmm. so i think we we have to be careful not to to think that somehow this this separates us from the lord no it doesn't nothing can separate us from the hmm. love of god in christ jesus our lord and we have to remember that and it was sad i heard a person was very angry how how can i be not denied holy communion and they were very very upset and i was sad because that's such a selfish attitude. Hmm. You know, when you think about it, what we're doing is trying to help stop the spread of this terrible disease. It's really an act of charity that we make these sacrifices so that this virus doesn't spread to people, especially older people or people with these underlying medical conditions. Mm -hmm. It would be irresponsible for us. I would hope that people, you know, use their reason as well. You Mm -hmm. mentioned about science. That's true. I mean, God gave us the gift of reason. And therefore, you know, this is is something that is eminently reasonable. Difficult, yes. But in the end it's it's about love. We don't we want to protect those whose lives could be threatened by this pandemic. Yeah. And because we've gotten so used to it, you mentioned Syria and these other places in the Amazon. I was in Honduras for a year and in the the city, there was a couple different parishes, but every priest had like 30 aldeas that they called them, these little mountain villages. And he might make it up there once or twice a year to provide mass for them. And so really to realize how blessed we are and that this isn't necessarily normal everywhere in the world to be able to have access to to Mass every Sunday and maybe just appreciate what we have had and what we will have again. This is a temporary thing, too. This isn't isn't forever. I want to take a break. Uh, Whenever I come back, a couple different things that people have been asking about, about baptisms, first communions, weddings, confirmations. What can we expect about that? Also, to talk about some of our especially smaller parishes that might be struggling financially if, if people aren't coming to church. So maybe you can address a few of those things. If people have questions, you can go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop or text the Holy Cross College text line at 
98. And coming up, we'll have more about what the diocese is doing with the coronavirus and canceling masses until further notice on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services to save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our bishop, and we've been talking about with the coronavirus outbreak and the world pandemic that we're experiencing, that masses are going to be canceled until further notice. This is daily masses as well as weekend masses. Maybe one thing that you said in your statement was that priests would still be offering private masses. Right. We can offer Mass in private, and that's, I think I said in my letter, we'll definitely be praying mm-hmm. for all of our people. But since there's not a danger of, of transmission of the virus when Mass is, is celebrated privately, it's a uh, prohibition on public Masses. So as far as some of the, the sacraments, you know, the question of weddings and funerals has come up, and they cannot be open to the public. They can proceed a wedding or a funeral, but we're basically saying that attendance really needs to be limited to immediate family and and necessary participants. So Mm -hmm. it would be a very small gathering if I think a lot of people with weddings are going to, or some at least, will probably postpone their weddings. We'd be very careful. Of course, we'd follow all the precautions that we previously mandated regarding social distancing and Mm -hmm. the washing of the hands and distribution of precious blood, et cetera. They're really not exceptions because they're not public. Mm -hmm. You know, this statement is very public, but, but that's for now because if the government says that everything gets shut down, for example, I've said our churches can remain open so people could visit to, to pray, Mm -hmm. but we don't want large gatherings. So, I know in Italy, it got so bad that they had to actually close churches. I'm right. hoping that would not have to happen here. So currently, things like an adoration chapel would be allowed to continue if there are people willing to come in for that? Adoration chapels are quite small. And I think right now, we just don't want danger of any transmission. So there would have to be okay. the social distancing. Mm-hmm. And then... You mentioned weddings, funerals. What about baptisms? What would be your recommendation for somebody who has a newborn child, which would be also probably, I imagine, especially vulnerable to the virus that we'd want to be careful about? Should should you wait? Would this be an emergency situation where a parent could do a baptism? I know that's like in in the case of uh, imminent death or something like that. We're allowing, but again, attendance would have to be limited to immediate family and necessary participants. So... And it, so it couldn't be open. It uh-huh. couldn't be, it'd be a private baptism. We've sent to the priest some very strict guidelines on that, that the water has to be blessed in an individual vessel and poured over the candidate. 
into the font, so they'd have to use fresh water mm-hmm. and then discard it. So we wouldn't be allowing, we're not allowing baptism by immersion. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah, those those particular norms that we've communicated to all the priests. But it really, the general norm is still in effect that no public, that's the big mm-hmm. thing, because we don't want people gathering in such a way that the virus could be transmitted. Usually we tell parents, baptize as soon as possible because it's a great grace and the earlier the better. And if something would happen, you would have your kid baptized. In this case, would you still suggest do it as soon as possible, just have a very small baptism with the priest? Or would you say it's fine to wait until this blows over and we can do a big public baptism? I would leave it up to the parents, but I I do, obviously, if a child, you know, if there's danger of death or something, we, yeah, baptize. Okay. You know, even in the hospital, whatever. Uh I'm just hoping this doesn't last too long so that baptisms wouldn't be delayed too long. But parents could request and have this private baptism if Mm -hmm. they would like. Okay. And I'm guessing this is going to interfere with at least some first communions and confirmations. Will those be rescheduled or just put it off until next year, get get confirmed or first communion with the the class below you or what, what would oh anticipate? no it would be postponed until like for the confirmations they're postponed at least any that were scheduled before easter uh-huh. they're all postponed we'll just have to wait and see how things go to see when i can reschedule them okay and then the other confirmations that are scheduled for after easter they're still on my schedule but they may be postponed too we just have to wait and see how things go sure and I think as far as First Communions, I would think the same thing. But no, there wouldn't be delaying for another year. No, I think as soon as we're able. But then it's a matter of then scheduling, which is going to be a little bit challenging for me with confirmations because yeah. it's already pretty full schedule. And then, right. So they'll probably have to be pushed, some of them at least, to the summer. Okay. And then I'm just kind of working my way through the sacraments here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sacrament of confession or penance. A lot of times that's a, a huge focus during Lent is to go to a penance service, to to go to confession. If people haven't done that so far, or if a penance service was scheduled here between now and Easter, uh, are we assuming that those will be canceled? Yeah, they're prohibited. Okay. Because again, we don't want large crowds and the regular scheduled confessions are off because that would co- people congregate. Okay. Priests could hear confessions of people who asked to receive the sacrament. But it wouldn't be at a like a scheduled time where people congregate. Okay. So it would be an individual who, let's say, is in the state of serious sin, mm-hmm. should ask a priest. So just contact your parish office right. to schedule that. Right. And it's recommended. We also, you know, as far as when a priest does hear such an individual confession, we're recommending that there be distance mm-hmm. and to have it in a place where outdoors or indoors where, you know, with that distance, but you also have to make sure that the seal, that the secrecy of the confession is maintained. Of course, anointing of the sick, you didn't ask about that. And that's a really important sacrament at a time like this. Mm -hmm. All the protocols and directives of hospitals and nursing homes and other healthcare facilities must be followed when our priests uh, make pastoral visits to the sick. You know, use of masks and gloves and gowns, whatever is required. And if the sick are visited in their home, 
also you have to take those important precautions. The priest would need to make sure that his hands are washed before and after, uh, but he can anoint and should. You know, we don't want anyone going without the anointing of the sick. Obviously, if someone has the COVID-19 virus, their priest is going to have to be very careful. Mm -hmm. There is the possibility, for example, of using cotton in anointing the sick person who has the coronavirus, and then the cotton should be burned or buried after use. Oh, okay. So all these precautions are really important, and we're following the protocols that hospitals have for situations like this and the precautions in hearing confessions in such a situation or or, or bringing communion to mm-hmm. a person in that situation. So again, contact your parish office right. if you'd like to have right. anointing of the sick, and, and yeah. that could be arranged. I guess the other question would be with the Easter vigil, we usually are welcoming in converts to the faith and they're usually getting a, a couple different sacraments. What is your anticipation with how long this, I, I know it's, it's until further notice that right. we're, we're going to have no masses, but how will this affect Easter vigil masses? Yeah, I'd be surprised if the suspension would be lifted by that time, right. but we don't know because mm-hmm. it's going to depend on the health situation and that gets updated every day. Yeah. We have to hope and pray that the pandemic starts on a downward way, but we're not at that point yet. I Mm -hmm. don't know when that will be. And uh, so as far as the Easter vigil is concerned, we don't know. I'm not real optimistic, but I'm not, uh, I can't predict the future. But if, for example, there was no Easter vigil, I mean, it would be on television, et cetera. But for -hmm. those who are preparing to receive the sacraments and enter the church at Easter, they would just that would just be delayed until we have uh, the public masses again. I did say that the elect, those preparing for baptism, are dispensed from the preparatory rites for initiation. Okay. So if the anyone's worried and... about that, the RCIA in each parish, some of them are doing okay. some stuff online and but things like that. But the actual rites that would but take place rites, during a yeah, mass, th- that that's they're dispensed from those. Okay. Some have over, like I already had the right of election. So that was the most important of the preparatory rights. So mm-hmm. I had that in both cathedrals, but some of the other ones like the scrutinies and things like that, that might get missed uh, or are going to get missed because of the suspension of masses. They're not necessary. Okay. Well, all of this was kind of logistics and I think some of the FAQ things that people are wondering about what, what happens now. Now I kind of think we maybe shift into what can we do and, and looking at our parishes and how they might, I mean, we look at so many different things that are going to be affected by this, businesses and families and students, but also our, our parishes and especially with people not being in the pews on Sundays, you know, are, are they going to be getting the, the donations that they need to survive? So maybe when we come back, we can address some of the things that we should be doing, some of the things we should think about doing and how we can help out not just our parishes, but our community as well. You mentioned a few of them earlier here. But again, if you have questions, go to RedeemerRadio.com slash Ask Bishop. Call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260 260- 436-9598. And coming up, we'll talk more about some of the things that are going on here in the diocese right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.
Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our bishop. We've talked about the coronavirus. Uh, just a reminder that masses will be, how, how do you say it? Suspended. Not, suspended, not, not canceled. That sounds bad. Suspended until further notice. That includes weekdays and weekends. You mentioned you're going to be doing a mass at 10 o'clock on Sundays that people can stream on Facebook or YouTube. And so be excited to be able to to watch that. A lot of local parishes are st- live streaming their masses. So I imagine as priests are doing private masses, some of that will continue. We've got the TV mass. We've got Redeemer Radio has a, a audio mass every day at 8 a.m. that people can listen to. A lot of different options there. Talked about some of the sacraments that we might be anticipating being delayed until things get better. You mentioned a little bit about responsibility and, and helping those in need and those that are lonely, those that might need food. Um, I'm also though thinking about our parishes, especially smaller ones or those that might be struggling a little bit financially to begin with. And now you add this on and people aren't coming in on Sunday, doing their regular routine, putting their envelope in the basket. Do you anticipate this being a financial burden for our parishes? Yeah, I haven't been focused on that because we're focusing really on the spiritual and the pastoral care, but but that is a a reality, and I know some have asked about it. And you know, one of the things is I was thinking of some of our employees who are hourly, who worked in the schools and things mm-hmm. like that, and how much they could struggle if they're not working. And right. I've really been encouraging parishes and schools to continue to pay our hourly employees so that they're not you know do all we can. I mean, we're financially mm-hmm. some of our parishes and. The diocese can be financially strapped, but I think it's time to sacrifice for our employees as much as we can anyhow at this Mm -hmm. point. But yeah, if donations are down, that makes it even more difficult. So I know, thanks be to God, a number of parishes, they have online giving, so people can continue to contribute online, or they could always send their envelopes in the mail Mm -hmm. to their parishes, or when masses, the suspension of masses is lifted, to try to donate what they normally would have so that the the parishes don't find themselves in trouble. Sure. And what other suggestions would you have for us? It's kind of a, a tough balance of we don't want to spread germs, but also we don't want to neglect those that are in need. So how do we balance this? kind of duty to serve others, especially those that you mentioned, like the lonely or those that might be struggling financially or with food, but at the same time, trying to respect each other's health and try not to to spread germs or get germs or give germs. Right. I mean, I think with any visits, you know, those precautions need to be taken, sanitizing the hands, staying at a distance, Mm -hmm. all of those things. But there are a lot of ways, you know, you can reach out to people also by phone, someone who you know is alone. You can send them a note, let they know that you care about them. If If you don't visit, there's other things. But if you're bringing food or or visiting to just do the proper precautions because you can't, you don't want to spread the germs or the virus. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of ways, I think, that uh, I know our Catholic Charities is doing a lot of work now to help people, and that would be a resource people if they want to be able to help or something in parishes where they have some social outreach at this time. They can check and see, you know, how they can volunteer mm-hmm. or make donations or whatever is you know, most helpful or that they're able, what people are able to do 
But I think there are a lot of ways, and certainly praying for every for others. But I don't want anyone, people who are homebound, and that uh, we definitely don't want them to be neglected right. during this time. We need to really, really try to support them. I was talking to a couple that was struggling there in their early nineties. I heard about, so I gave them a call, and and it was I could tell they were very anxious, and so it was an opportunity for me just to talk to them and try to uh, help them not to worry so much Mm -hmm. and see what they needed and things like that. Uh, So that's the kind of thing we could do. Yeah. I do feel like that that worry and the fear has, especially in certain people, has become almost debilitating sometimes. And that uh, just that negativity that we were talking about earlier and to to find hope in all of this. How would you recommend that people focus more on that hope and and what positive could possibly come from this as well. Right. No, it's a great question. As a prelude to answering that question, I would say it's important for people to calm down. Yeah. Some people who are getting so panicky or angry at, at whoever and everyone's trying to do their best. Uh-huh. There's some who are turning to anger as a way to vent their feelings. That's not healthy for them or for others. It actually can be sinful anger. But I do think there is that opportunity, as you mentioned, to really think about our faith, to trust that the Lord is with us. It's part of carrying the cross. I mean, here we are in the season of Lent. Jesus took our infirmities upon himself. And I think we can focus on that and have the hope of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the season where we remember the passion and death of our Lord. We do so always with a view to the resurrection, mm-hmm. to Christ's triumph over sin and death. That should be our perspective now. We'll get through this. You know, this coronavirus time, we don't know when it will um, be reduced and, you know, life will get back as normal. Yeah, I mean, there's certain results. There'll be maybe some financial, economic hardships. We've seen that. Sure. But, you know, this this isn't thing to focus on our the spiritual and, and to place our hope in the Lord. The Psalms are very good on this too. We you kind of when I pray the Psalms, some of them are written at a time when there was suffering, where there was uh, some despair. You can read in the some of the psalmists what they write, they're lamenting. But then you see in the course of the psalm, they'll say, but Lord, I trust in you. You are my rock. You are my strength. So the psalms are a great way to to pray. And the Lord will sustain us with his grace. We have to trust in him. He is with us Mm -hmm. always. And, you know, we've also, I love turning to our Blessed Mother, too, because her intercession is powerful. Think of her at the foot of the cross. And the prayer that we said at the beginning of this show is a beautiful prayer, asking Mary to come to our aid. Yeah. She is also our mother of hope. Right. So at the beginning of this, you read a letter that you had written to all of us, really, on what is going on. And one of the things that you mentioned in there was the importance of making a spiritual communion. And now that we're not able to go to Mass on Sundays, do you mind just giving us a few pointers, suggestions on what we can do to keep holy the Sabbath and not just, that doesn't mean just stay home and, you know, play video games all day. We should right. still be doing something special and intentional to honor the Lord on Sundays. 
yes, we can still obey the third commandment, keep holy the Lord's day, Mm -hmm. and we should. Normally, the principal way we keep holy the Lord's day is by going to Mass. Mm -hmm. But that's not the only way we keep the Lord's day holy. And we do so when we pray. And I hope that everyone will dedicate some time on Sundays to prayer, as I recommended in, in the letter. There's also opportunities just as a family. I mean, also people obviously living alone can pray, but then as families to come together and pray. Mm-hmm. A family rosary on a Sunday. Maybe I imagine there's several of the listeners who've done that or do that, but there may be some who've never done that together. Right. You know, that's I highly recommend it. That would be very good for the spiritual life of the family. And then the works of charity that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Maybe bring a meal or bring food to those who aren't able to get out of their house, especially those who are elderly or are sick. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful way to keep holy the Lord's day because acts of mercy are ways to grow in holiness. Right. I would say also that we're in the Lenten season, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's good not to forget that. We kind of have a penance that we weren't planning on, I right. guess we all are going through. When you think about some of the things that we're giving up as far as not able to to go to places. Of course, church is the most important, but I mean, restaurants are closed and stores and things like that. Rather than waste our time just sitting on the couch or watching video games, I think it's a good time to maybe have good family conversations, mm-hmm. maybe play some other games together as a family where you actually have social social interaction and conversation. Right listen to music together or whatever. You know, I think it's time to be a little creative, maybe. It would be helpful because really the Sunday is also a day of rest. So this relaxation of the mind and the body is is good too. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us and getting us caught up on what's going on here. And I imagine there might be some things that come up down the road that seems like this is kind of the, the big one that Mass is suspended now. But as there's things that come down, hopefully we can continue to pass on your message, whatever is going on, that we can share that with people. But thank you for kind of breaking this down for us a little bit and assuring us and, and reminding us of that hope and how we can celebrate our Sundays and, and still honor God. So I think it's all very helpful. So thank you. You're welcome, Kyle. You know, I'm really grateful to Redeemer Radio too and uh, all that you're doing to help our people during this time. Sure. So keep up the good work. And, and I want to thank all our priests too, who are really serving so well in, in the pastoral and spiritual care of people. And as I think I mentioned before, all of uh, the healthcare workers and caregivers that we should never take for granted mm-hmm. because of course they're taking the, the, the risks because of their care for those who are sick. We thank them and, and we pray for them as well. All right. And just a reminder that you'll be offering mass Sundays at 10 o'clock and that'll be streamed on Facebook and YouTube on the diocesan pages. So people can check that out. Uh, we've got mass every day at 8 a.m. on Redeemer Radio, as well as a lot of the parishes are streaming Masses. So maybe just check out your parish website or your parish social media to find out what they're doing to, to provide resources. And also... And the television masses. I'll mention another thing. You mentioned a while back that one of your favorite apps is Hollow. Yes. That prayer app. They're doing, I think, 90 days free 
So you can wow during I didn't this know time. That. Yeah, so oh. I signed up just the other day. Good. So uh, Good. it's something I've been meaning to do anyway. So it just gave me an excuse. So there's a lot of different. Uh, Magnificat is offering a free download for their app for right now. So. You know, the Hallow app would be great. And I bet they have things that individuals can do and also families, especially with the meditations. So check it out. There's a lot of different resources that it's kind of neat to see people doing this, offering to pitch in, you know, schools are closed. So here's some great resources for for students. We'll offer these for free. And so keep your eyes out for those as well. But thank you so much, Bishop. Could we get your Episcopal blessing before we go? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome, Kyle. Listen to Redeemer Radio at 8 o'clock every morning for a live Mass from EWTN. As events are canceled or postponed, check your parish website or social media for updates. If you or someone you know has serious needs during this time, contact the station at the Holy Cross College text line 260-436-9598 and we'll do our best to connect you with resources. Follow us on social media as we work to keep you updated on changes. We are at Redeemer Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have a question you'd like Bishop to answer, submit it at RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. Also on our website, listen to recent episodes of Dr. Doctor and get accurate medical insight into the current situation. Church Life Today also recently posted an episode on the coronavirus pandemic. Find them all at RedeemerRadio.com. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.